The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to She Talks Health with Sophie Shepard. Today's woman has a lot of questions about their health and lifestyle choices. But where can you get the right answers? The answer is here and the time is now. Here is your host, Sophie Shepard. Welcome back, ladies. This is Sophie Shepard, your host for the She Talks Health podcast. And today I have a very, very special guest with me with me today. And I'm so, so excited. She is a functional practitioner, women's health expert, and the author of seven books. The number one national best-selling book, The Essential Oils Hormone Solution, which focuses on balancing hormones with the power of essential oils. And for the past 10 years, she's lectured at wellness centers, conferences, and corporations on hormone health, essential oils, nutrition, and detox. Dr. Marisa Snyder, please welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you. Your book was given to me by a friend of mine who deals heavily into essential oils, and I absolutely fell in love with it. It's such a great book to explain how hormones work and how we can use essential oils. So I'm really, really excited to have you. Mm -hmm. And I thought we would just start with kind of, if you can tell us a little bit about how you got started into this movement and why you're so passionate about women's hormone health. Hmm. Such a great question. Um, I got started mainly because like millions upon millions, probably all the women in the world, <laughs> um, I had some pretty serious hormone struggles about 10 years ago. I had serious chronic fatigue issues. Um, I was struggling with menstrual irregularity. And honestly, I had had menstrual, ish, menstrual problems in my early 20s. I was kind of the first impetus and you know the solution for everything, whether you had dry hair or acne or or you had a bad boyfriend was to get on birth control. And so then I was on birth way, way back in, the, in my, in my 20s, I was on birth control and it was, it was quite the experience. Um, I, I lasted about a year on, on hormonal birth control um, and, and quickly soon to realize that hormonal birth control isn't designed to regulate or support ovulation or do anything of the sort. Um, if anything, it masks our symptoms and it kind of shuts down um, our ability to um, ovulate potentially Absolutely. in the future. And so um, that was kind of a curious moment for me. But like so many women, I think we just kind of take it par for the course. Um, but continue to have horm like slight hormonal issues, um, had to kind of burn myself into the ground. I was addicted to stress. Um, and that goes back to a lot of other, another story altogether. Um, but, you know, I was kind of, I was told that, as a woman, it was my responsibility to really take care of other people first and to do all the things for everybody all the time. And um, I really committed to that belief until I completely burned to the ground at the age of 30. Um, so my severe chronic fatigue um, ultimately led to Hajimoto's thyroiditis, which is an autoimmune condition. And um, it's just amazing kind of how um, you can kind of just, you know, when you're not taking good care of yourself, you're not, you're not, you know, doing the things that no one tells us to do to begin with. So it's really hard for us to know we're supposed to do them, um, that our hormones can have other implications, bigger implications. I always say our hormones are the chemical messengers that originally will throw up the white flag. It'll be like, hey, something's going on here. And, um, and if we're not listening, and we've been told to not, we've been told that everything's normal, that's very common for us to feel like crap, um, to be exhausted, to, to really mm -hmm. struggle. It's just how women are and the way that we need to, to feel. Um, but if those things be exacerbate over time, those symptoms, we then we start to see some bigger symptoms. And so I, I feel like I'm a living testament to what happens when we, um, and I wouldn't say in a sense that, you know, for me, I can speak for my own self that I absolutely neglected me. I, I held on to these, these longstanding beliefs that I thought were just more important than taking care of me because um, I was told that that's the way it was. 
And, um, and now I, I spend a lot of time not only taking care of me on the, based on all the things that had happened, um, but then I also want women to feel like they're educated, that they, that they understand, oh my gosh, if I'm having this symptom, this is not normal. You know, if this is going on with me, I need to, I need to look at it and address it opposed to um, brushing it off. And that's just the way, unfortunately, our system is created is that we, um, we, just, we just tell women to brush it off. So I'm really happy to be having this conversation because um, I think the time is now for us to not be brushing off any more symptoms, especially in the wake of all this craziness where we have a lot more stressors. We have a lot more issues going on. Women's, I've, I've talked to so many different functional doctors who lots, we see lots of tests where hormones are just out the roof, um, especially in the last three to four months. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing your story. And I love that you shared this story because I totally forgot that you and I have such a similar story, which a lot of women do, you know, being on hormonal birth control, all the stressors of just not taking care of yourself. And I was definitely the same way. I, I was definitely taught to take care of other people first, to push my own needs down. And I ended up in the same boat, just in a toxic relationship, so much stress after college. And my chronic fatigue totally, and my GI issues totally toppled me. And I just couldn't get out of bed, you know, same Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And yeah, and now here we are being the voice box for other women who might be feeling the same way. And thank you so much for leading the pathway on this. Um, as a seven-time book writer, this is an incredible um, conversation that we get to have to teach people, to teach women how to not brush off these symptoms that you and I experienced. Um, and I think you're right. I think we're, we're taught as a community and as a, a, a nation, international nation, that um, our needs are, are secondary and they're not important. And so thank you for bringing that up at the, at the top. I think with COVID happening, a lot of women have been forced to kind of look at how we are neglecting ourselves and putting it back to the forefront. So I'm glad you're having the same experience with other, other functional doctors that you're talking to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I know you're one of the biggest things that you talk about is how um, hormonal imbalances come about around environmental stressors and toxins. Could you talk to us a little bit about what are those most common hormonal imbalances that you've seen in all your years of practice and um, how are they caused by the environment and or stress that we just mentioned? Absolutely. And we know, you know, just really quickly to qualify what stress is, is stress is basically anything that hits the system, anything that hits the body where your body's like, ah, you know, having to manage it. And so I think that's what my body does anytime a stress happens. It can be chemical, it can be physical, it can be over-exercise. I don't know if that ever happened to you where, you know, there was a time, especially before my diagnosis with Hajimoto's, I would go and work out for 45 minutes. I would do my, I would do some major hit training because again, you know, again, a lot of beliefs, like if, you know, mm -hmm. you know, success comes with hard work, all these things that you were, that were embedded into us, um, you know, and I would do these big time workouts, these hard workouts, you know, burpees, all the things. And then when I was done, you know, usually I would go at noon between like patients or whatever, I just get in where I fit in. I would be, I would be completely a puddle on the floor after I was done with that workout. So even, even exercise can be a stressor. If, if you're, if you're feeling like, oh my God, I just got my booty handed to me and you have no energy for the rest of the day, it's definitely time to reanalyze um, what is going on with the body. And so lots of different stressors hit the system. I know that we're talking specifically about environmental stressors. I just wanted to make note that we, we get bombarded with so many stresses, whether they're perceived stressors, whether they're self-imposed stressors, and that we don't think, you know, we think that it's, we're doing a great job or whether we are putting mascara on or we're shampooing our hair, we're putting conditioner in it, or we're lotioning up or whatever we're doing. We're using cleaning products that our mamas, mamas used, and we didn't even think about it back then. Um, you know, all of those things kind of add up. And so um, it, it really is a barrage of different stressors. Now, when we're talking about environmental stressors, you know, where I really see our body taking a major hit is going to be really in the gut and the liver you know, where our, our detoxification organs more than anything else. And not to say that these aren't endocrine disrupting chemicals. They absolutely are. They can absolutely affect our adipose tissue. They can affect, um, you know, some of these endocrine disruptors are called obesogens. Mm -hmm. They have profound impact on our metabolic hormones like leptin and ghrelin and insulin. So we do know that they have a metabolic component to them. But even just the wear and tear of our gut and our liver having to manage 
the onslaught of these chemicals every single day can really wear on us. The types of symptoms that I see for women are going to be definitely things like insulin resistance. Maybe we're dealing with stored belly fat. That's even included with, with just dealing with perceived stressors and cortisol issues. Um, but I would say weight, um, estrogen dominance is a big one where we see more estrogen in the system and opposed um, relative to progesterone. And those can lead to severe PMS symptoms um, where we have maybe migraines, fibrocystic breasts, we've got heavy periods, we're just bloated and gassy, like everything is just ah, going wrong. Um, that can be definitely connected to um, an endocrine disruptor. Um, and then I'll also see for women, um, you know, an inconsistent menstrual cycle. We'll start to see their luteal phase begin to shorten as well. So those are the things that, and usually women are just like, oh my gosh, my period's off. And, and, if, and if you're saying to yourself, oh my gosh, my period's off, then we, we should be looking at um, chemical because you don't need to know like, oh, Dr. Marisa, my luteal phase just shortened by like three days. And as much as I would love for women to be tracking their menstrual cycle, if you notice that your cycle is just off, like you just have this feeling that something like it came way earlier than it was supposed to, definitely worth looking into what you're putting on your body, what kind of stresses you're dealing with. Um, and, and how that could be impacting how estrogen and progesterone are, are functioning inside of your menstrual cycle. Absolutely. Thank you. That was incredible. Let's back up for a couple of people who might not <laughs> understand all the things you just said. Let's start with the stress bucket. So that's how it was always explained to me at FDN. You know, it's, it's, it's so true. We have our perceived stress, so how we are uh, interpreting <laughs> mental, emotional stress, right? And then we have physical stress, like we, we break our ankle or something. And we've also got all of these hormonal chemical stressors that could be happening for many reasons, but environmental toxins are huge. And you just listed all these things that happen to us. So I think, you know, the vast majority of population are dealing with um, definite uh, obesogen issues, right? And um, definitely issues around leptin, ghrelin, and insulin. And I would say the biggest thing I see is probably that estrogen dominance. I mean, people are really dealing with a lot of estrogen dominance. And I'll just share a personal story here really quickly. Um, I was, you know, should I share this? Should I not share this? But I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm going to share the story with, um, with the audience today. I just got my, I just was ovulating and I had a lot of pain and I haven't had a lot of pain in a long time. And I was reflecting back. I'm like, why am I having so much ovulation pain? I'm like, well, if I think about it, I'm in a new home where I don't have access to all of my clean products, right? All my, all my, um, skincare and all those things, laundry detergent, and they, these things are to add up. And even worse, I'm, I'm really eating um, animal protein that I don't really know where it's coming from, which is a big no-no for me, but we're kind of moving around and so we can't be perfect, right? And what was the result? Well, I had a really painful ovulation this, this cycle. And so I know that I'm overly inflamed. I also know just genetically that I have estrogen dominant issues and issues detoxing um, chemicals where other people might be able to maybe scoot by with it. I definitely can't. And so I share this with you because what we're going to talk about in terms of tips that you can do, places you can go, ways you can detox are like long-term things, right? There's short-term things that you can do to move yourself out of like maybe an inflammatory place or um, an estrogen dominant place or a hormonal imbalanced place. But then there's things we want to keep up with. And even for, for people like us who um, probably you look at and think, oh, they're perfect with their diet and they're perfect with this and that. We have moments where um, things shift in our lives and we're human beings. And then our body, our menstrual cycle reminds us, right? It's the white flag or it's the report card telling us, hey, pay attention. You got to get back to the basics. So I thought I'd share that personal story of how these things can really affect you from month to month. Absolutely, month to month. I think that, um, as, you know, an example, especially in COVID is I'm sure women before COVID, depending on the circumstance, um, felt like everything was running smooth. And then we add these extra stressors, we add this fear component into, and then with literally within a month, you will start to, to see shifts and changes. I know if I have a really stressful month, whether I'm in a launch or whatever's going on, the next month, I am going to feel that. I am going to feel it. And what I love about the menstrual cycle being our fifth vital sign is it really can be that real quick indicator that, oh, I need to, I need to reanalyze. I need to take a look at what's going on. And it is it's such an easy indicator to look at because, especially if women are still menstruating, because it, it picks up on all the stuff. It picks up on all the things that are going on behaviorally or environmentally. 
Absolutely. Thanks for commenting on that. And I know you talk a lot about, okay, so this is happening to us. We're getting bombarded with these different stressors, environmental included, but there's ways that we can reset, right? There's different ways that we, levers that you and I know how to, um, it's got a really loud car on the street, <laughs> levers that we can both pull in our, in our health that we just kind of instinctively know to do. So I know you've developed a whole system around this. And could you maybe start with maybe the three top reasons why everyone should reset their hormones and then how do we go about doing that? Most people probably don't know. Hmm, such a great question. You know, I think it's always, in, you know, I, it's one of those things that, you know, I talk a lot about health in general, that 80% of our health really is, that all of our health is really dictated by 80% of what we do every single day. And so it's all about the choices that we're making daily that can make such a profound difference on what is going on. So whether we are moving around or we're traveling, I know a lot of us aren't traveling, but you know, when we were traveling, you know, being as consistent as possible um, regarding what we can do to love up on our body and heal up on our body. And one of those first things, it's, you know, not a, not a, not a big game changer by any means, but is drinking a lot of water. You know, that's going to be lemon water in particular. <laughs> exactly. I've got my little water container right here. Um, you know, especially in the morning when we get started in the morning, you know, to help to give our liver that jump start, especially with that lemon, maybe a little bit of apple cider, apple cider vinegar um, to help support our digestive system and our microbiome to make sure everything is moving along the way it's supposed to because the digestive system is really just a lot of tubes moving things through. Um, and so water and lemon is such a great way. And especially when we're on the move, especially when we're somewhere different, making sure that we're consuming a lot of water is going to be a really simple thing to add in before I start taking things away. <laughs> I love that. I um, Before I was went through functional diagnostic nutrition school, I went to Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And I love that the founder always said, let's talk about what we can crowd in and crowd out. Like instead of saying deprivation, oh, you can't have this, you know, because we just don't want to do that. Especially during COVID, a lot of people, you know, want to have whatever their special treat is because it's really stressful. And um, we could talk about that too, how to manage your stress in healthier ways. But I love that you say add in because when we add in things like water, all of a sudden we, we don't need other things maybe as much because our body starts to shift. And when our body feels really healthy, I find that I'm not really having the same cravings or the same needs I have for unhealthy options. So that I love that. And that's definitely something I do every morning is the warm water with lemon and sometimes apple cider vinegar, sometimes ginger, like you can ginger, really yeah. go crazy and have fun with it. That's, that's well, a great especially tip. Right now, I, you know, we, we're so focused or we, we should be so focused on our immune system and, you know, adding a little bit of ginger, adding some lemon. It's all those, those are, again, when they all add up, we can, we can stack the deck in one direction or we can stack the deck in the other, you know, and I really would love to stack the deck always in the positive direction and those little those little shifts they they absolutely add up just like all of a sudden we're all baking where everyone's on Instagram and, and and pulling pictures and I don't know if everyone's baking gluten-free keto I don't know my guess is not um you know and, and <laughs> you start to add that habit in and I'm not trying to take that habit away from anybody but Again, these little things, we start to stack the deck in one direction or the other. So we just have to be mindful about um, how we're taking care of our body and, and really listening to our bodies and, and kind of figuring out like what is our bodies really needing right now. Um, mm -hmm. The next thing, I think one of the most important things, you know, is going to be having a morning ritual, you know, having time for yourself. You know, I think that, you know, there's, there's two, I always think about two different directions that we can take for women and, and both are equally as important. One is mitigating stress and more of what I'm talking about is perceived stress. And then the other one is really how do we nourish our body? How do we move ourselves away from inflammation versus further um, closer into inflammation? And so one of the ways, I remember when I was in, in, my, in my early 30s, in my late 20s, when I was recovering from chronic fatigue, one of the things I was still holding on to, I, I kept falling back on the floor. I kept like, I'm like, I'm drinking my green smoothies. I'm doing my, like I was doing the things, but I, there, there was this belief that, kept, was, that I was holding on to still. And so I would find myself back on the floor again. I'm like, how does this keep happening to me? Finally, I realized that I hadn't let go of, I hadn't processed this belief of, of really, you know, that, that taking care of myself was selfish. That is what I believed to be true. Like I was never supposed to be on the list um, or, or sat at the table. And so finally, when I realized that, because it wasn't, 
it, it finally hit me that it wasn't serving me. I wasn't getting better. And what I found, you know, and I don't know if anyone else can speak to this, but when I was at my sickest, when I was at my worst um, in, high, in my health, I, I felt definitely I wasn't able to show up for anybody. I wasn't able to show up for my relationships, wasn't able to show up for my patients. And I, it really was kind of in a way my most selfish time because I really had nothing to give. And I, that was that, that kind of click. People always ask me, what was like that defining moment for you when you realized that you had to shift this belief first? And it was like when I kept realizing I wasn't helping anyone, even though the belief I was holding on to was that you need to help other people first. And I was like, I can't even do that because I'm just, I'm just struggling so much over here. So finally realized that. And the first thing that I decided to do in terms of focusing on self-care and it, it can look so many different ways for all of us. I think I always talk about authentic self-care, kind of that non-negotiable of like, what is it that, that, that feels good for you? Or what is it the thing that's going to really move the needle for you? Um, but for so long, I used to always think I never had time for it. I don't have time for it. I don't have space for it. It shouldn't be a priority. It's selfish. And all this is talk track around it. And when I finally let all that go and gave it a go for 30 days, I mean, what is 30 days? You know, and I, I think I spent 20 minutes a day. I made my green smoothie. I did my, my tea. I did my water. I did my journaling. I did my gratitude journaling. And I set the tone for what I wanted the rest of my day to look like, how I wanted to show up in the world. Because before then, it was literally the result of whatever was being thrown at me. Um, every morning was pure chaos, you know, and I, it was efficient chaos. Don't get me wrong. I was efficient <laughs> at the chaos. But then I was, what, was I really surprised that the rest of my day looked a lot like that morning? <laughs> I, well, for a while I was, I, you know, until I realized, oh my gosh, how I start my day, how, how I rev up, in this like Tasmanian devil hot messness of efficiency um, is really going <laughs> to pour out the way that the rest, the rest of my day is going to look like that. And so when I decided to finally incorporate a morning ritual and I could, I can like, I could commit to 20 extra minutes in the morning. I can get up 20 minutes earlier. I can do this, this miss, miss, I don't got no time for nothing. Um, and it was a game change. It really allowed me to look at my day and look at my life so much differently and how and live my life differently. And I know that right now things have felt like we're just in the upside down and women are juggling more responsibilities than ever before. And it can, it can, I know it can feel crazy. And if we can just give ourselves that little allotted 20 minutes to start, we can ground in and we can really set the tone for what we want. And I, I would, I feel like when we're able to do that, we just don't feel like we're getting hit as much. And it's not to say that stuff isn't going to come our way, but I just feel like we're going to be more positioned for it. And that way we're not triggered up by those perceived stressors that can come, you know, they're going to come out of nowhere. They're going to come because just the way life is. But if we can be positioned for it with a different type of mindset and more of that, you know, feeling like we're grounded, I just feel like it's, it's going to, we can approach it, we can address it in a different way. It's not going to feel so alarming or so shocking or so, you know, just in that sense of working us up. And so that's always kind of that first area I love to focus on is really just trying to help women support themselves first so that they can go off and do the things that they need to do in the world. Preach, 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 preach. Yes, this is so important. I had Sean Miner on to talk about self-care and self-love in the first season of She Talks Health. And we, we really dove into this because we as women, we just don't. We, we think that it's selfish to take care of ourselves. And you put it so well. The most selfish time in your life was when you were not taking care of yourself, when you weren't putting yourself first. And I had the same experience. And I think a lot of women with Hashimoto's do as well, because some of, so much of our Hashis is tied in with our chronic fatigue. And you, you don't realize that, you know, you can drink all of the kale smoothies that you want, but if you don't put yourself first, if you don't create time in your life, whatever that is for you, then a lot of things are going to fall, fall between the cracks. And I, whenever something new comes up in my health, I always reflect back and I think, hmm, did I do that self-care for myself? And usually the answer is no. <laughs> so I'm really glad you brought that up because we like to just gloss over it, don't we? We, we just don't think it's important and it's, it's vitally important. It's vitally important. And I believe, you know, from speaking from personal experience and seeing what I've seen is that it can really snowball. 
um, it can really avalanche. And what I just don't want to have happen is we then end up with chronic fatigue. We then end up with insulin resistance. We then end up with cellular hypothyroidism that then potentially leads to um, a, a hypothyroid. Um, or we end up with an unhappy gut and we end up with an autoimmune condition. Like th- stress is such a, it has a profound impact on the body um, on a cellular level and, and it damages us. Um, and you know, normalizing that that's just the way that's the way it's supposed to be for us, um, I think is can be very dangerous. It's no surprise that we see more and more women struggling with chronic fatigue, more and more women getting diagnosed with conditions like Hajimoto's thyroiditis, you know, there is a common denominator here. And, um, and again, it, it, I know, I, I know you, you were probably very surprised when you got your diagnosis. Goodness knows I was, I remember I was, mm-hmm. I was so surprised that I didn't want to know. I, and as a practitioner, I was like, I don't, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't, you know, and, and, um, and was no, was not surprised at all when the labs came back and I was like, oh, this is the thing I thought I was hoping and praying that it wasn't going to be. So you were already a, uh, a physician when you when you got your diagnosis of Hashimoto's. Yeah, I was diagnosed um, two two years ago this month. Oh my gosh, two years ago! Wow, mm-hmm. so it's actually fairly recent for you. Yes. Wow. Yeah, and that's and I I wanted to, you know to just to speak to that because when I had my first bout of chronic fatigue was um, in two thousand and ten. Oh uh, no. Was it, yeah, 2010, eight years prior. And um, I, you know, and here's the thing is I walked the line a lot. And um, I knew, I knew better, but I walked the line. I was always like, what can I, can I get, re- can I just like try to see what happens? And yeah, I would absolutely, I would see myself heading back into the danger zone. I'd pull back and then head back into the danger zone, pull back. And um, what I, what I realized is that, you know, even those times where I thought I was, I was on the line, but I wasn't heading fully into a chronic fatigue episode that it, I was just chipping away at this next major condition. And, um, and I probably had Hajimoto's probably since 2015 when I really recognized some of the symptoms. I just thought it was kind of early stages of chronic fatigue again because it can look very similar. Yeah. Some of the things can look very similar. I didn't have a lot of symptomology. You know, when you're diagnosed with an autoimmune condition, especially Hajimoto's thyroiditis, it can take a while for it to really show up and show itself. Um, and, and, for, and for doctors to even like begin to consider something like that. And if you've had a history of other f- levels of fatigue, it really can look like that. It may, if you've had histories of gut issues, it can really just be like, okay, I need to clean up my act over here. Um, and so, you know, it just kept, you know, I knew that I was slowly developing this um, now in hindsight. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, you know, in hindsight, I, I would have done, I really would have done things differently. I never thought that I, that that was going to be knocking on my door eight years later. And, um, and so, and that's why I think this is such an important conversation. Um, I thought that the worst of things that would happen was just my chronic fatigue and it felt pretty bad to me. It was, it was not fun. Um, and so I just thought, well, maybe I was always kind of teetering in that direction. And so, you know, once, you know, you know, you can speak to this as well. And, and any woman who has it, you know, once we have an autoimmune condition, there's no, there's no getting rid of this. You know, you can put it into remission, but you always, I mean, talk about, and, and in a lot of ways, I think it's a really amazing blessing because talk about always being diligent. You know, you're always, you're always on your P's and Q's. That's right. But man, you are always diligent. And, and a lot of things can swing you in the, in the wrong direction. You're just, you know, there's, you have, your body is just more, you know, <clears throat> more susceptible to stressors, to environmental toxins, to eating, you know, eating the wrong foods when you're traveling. And so there's a level of, of really having to be on top of it that, you know, I'm grateful for, but a part of me, you know, I'd love to be a little bit more lenient every now and again. And it's just not, not an option anymore for me. And so I just want to help women catch women before they get to a point, this point, where, um, where they really, really don't have a choice in their vigilance in terms of their health and wellness. I feel like we're kindred spirits because I, that's exactly why I got into this when I, you know, first started to understand Hashimoto's and thank you for being real. Like, thank you just for being honest about 
it's tough. Like it's tough to have an autoimmune disease that when you do kind of make a couple of slips that other people make, you, you really suffer the consequences. Yeah. You it suffer. Really, it, it, yes. It hurts. And you wonder, <laughs> yeah. And you wonder <clears throat> this, you know, when you look at the, you know, we can geek out on the biology and what's going on with our mitochondria, what's happening on a cellular level. And you think to yourself, man, this is, this is absolutely exponential on a cellular level. And like, what is it going to take for me to heal up these cells for me to re-replace re my epithelial la 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 layer, <clears throat> you know, the, the work that needs to get done. Um, these types of implications can be far reaching. Absolutely. And I think it's important to really stress that that importance because I think sometimes you know we we maybe we've been granted a chronic condition like an autoimmune condition and we don't necessarily understand the full implication of what happens when we're not really taking care of ourselves, you know, um, what that can lead to. Like I'm not this is as far down the road as I would like to go. Absolutely, I'm not looking but for more things to come on in. <laughs> but you're right. There's I have a lot of clients who have Hashimoto's and they have PCOS and they have fatty liver disease. You know, it's it, and they have endometriosis and, and they have right. They have it's kind of this cascade of inflammatory uh, hormonal inflammatory conditions that we end up getting saddled with. And before we know it, you know, we're at this place that we don't know how to come back from. And there's very it's very confusing and we don't you know, we're not given a lot of this information. So I, I just really thank you for being upfront and honest about, you know, your own <laughs> desire to be an amazing woman that, you know, and putting yourself second that led to chronic fatigue and, and then this Hashimoto's diagnosis because more women need to hear this vulnerability too, you know, that we're not perfect and that these things do happen, but then we do have control over how they manifest, right? I mean, I'm sure you're feeling significantly better now that you've like you said, stack the deck in the right direction. And can we start maybe talking about how we can do that? How can we yeah. reset the hormones? How can we, I guess, detox or um, yeah, jumpstart our metabolic fire so that our on a cellular level, we are coming back to our own and, and into power again in our bodies? Absolutely. Well, step number one is, is definitely getting cortisol under control. And the, the, the morning rituals, the, the mindfulness, the meditation, the deep breath work, taking a walk outside, recognizing when you're feeling um, overwhelmed and overworked and really kind of taking care of yourself in those moments, that's going to that's gonna be so critical. Um, because we know that cortisol has a profound impact not only on our gut, it can cause leaky gut, it can cause, it can co-elevate insulin levels, it can, it can, I, I always say it's like though it's it's just cracking the whip on our thyroid. There's a lot of things that cortisol is creating. The next step, you know, managing stress, and we talked about that. Um, and the next step is going to be nutrition. It's gonna it, that's going to be the 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 long walk home is going to be what we put into our bodies, and and absolutely addressing nutrient deficiencies and addressing gut issues. Um, but you know we can do a lot of that with nutrition as well. There may be in some instances a case where there's going to be extended protocols, and I always recommend working with somebody, a functional practitioner, to kind of get to the root of something's even bigger. But really, if we can work on stress and we can work on nutrition. For me, um, I focus on three food groups when it comes to nutrition, and that is going to be fiber that comes from all the plant sources, right? Lots of le green, green leafy greens, broccoli sprouts, cruciferous vegetables, you know, all the, all the colors of the rainbow, that's going to be your fiber. Um, next is going to be healthy fats, olive oil, coconut oil, uh, macadamia nuts, like what, whatever works for you within your realm of what you can do. Um, and then last but not least, least is going to be really clean, healthy meat sources. So um, wild salmon, um, grass-fed beef, lamb, you know, wh whatever you get in where you fit and however you can make it work, those are going to be the three elements. Honestly, if, you, if we're really looking to clean up our hormones, that's, those are it. Those are the three food groups as far as yes. I'm concerned. I and agree. Focusing on those three food groups every single day, every single meal is so, so critical. Um, and then adding gut, loving foods, things like sauerkraut and bone broth, if, if, that's, your, if that's your jam, that's going to be huge probiotics, digestive enzymes. But really, really honing your, your food down to those, those elements are going to be the things that are going to thrive. And giving yourself, you know, a good 30 days, a good 60 days to really allow your body to heal, to give your gut and liver what it needs. Um, that's where we're going to start to see the big reset. Um, but 
added sugars, processed foods, all those things are just moving us further into inflammation. And we definitely give ourselves a pause. And I recognize and realize that that doesn't sound like a fun thing or it's not an easy thing. Um, but if you do find yourself that you're really struggling, I'll tell you what, it's going to make the biggest difference. And then filling in those nutrient gaps. You know, so many of us as women, we're dealing with mutations like a comp mutation or MT, MTHFR mutation. And we, we've got to make sure that we're getting our methylated B vitamins. We've got to make sure that we're getting selenium, mag, you know, um, magnesium glycinate, iron, um, we're, that we're getting um, zinc, you know, getting the things that I see, vitamin D, vitamin C, that we're the most efficient in and, um, and filling in those nutrient gaps. Because if our gut and our liver don't have the critical building blocks that they need to function, it's really hard for them to do their jobs. If our mitochondria don't have the cofactors that they need, they can't do their jobs and make the energy that you need. And ultimately, your hormone pathways just can't run, um, which, is, which is what we need to have happen. All these, all these, um, all of these pathways require cofactors and minerals and vitamins to run. And if we're, if we're lacking in that, those sources, we're really going to struggle. So I see a lot of women, actually, I've, I don't know if I've ever met a woman who doesn't have some level of nutrient deficiency to some degree, especially when you're diagnosed with something like an autoimmune condition. You know, I remember I was like floored by how many nutrient deficiencies I was dealing with, especially if you're in a state of stress, if you feel like you're, you're overcommitted, you are overscheduled. Um, that that's called stress. <laughs> um, then you're burning, you're burning through your sources. You, you, Absolutely. you've got to get it from somewhere. Your body's like, we got to pull the emergency reserves. And so just note that if, if you, if you're saying to yourself, or you're saying to somebody when you get on the phone, like, how are you doing girl? Oh girl, I'm so busy. Like, oh my gosh, you should see my schedule. Oh, I just got so much going on. Like I, you know, my, your schedule's overcommitted. That is a stressor and most likely you're burning through everything. So those would be the, the, the first steps I would personally take. Um, then, you know, the next step would be to check out your house, see what's going on in the house. Like, what are you using? What are you, what are you cleaning with? What are you, what are you putting on your body every single day? You know, are you airing out your house? Like some things to just reduce your toxic load in your home is to just have your windows open for at least 30 minutes a day, which is super easy to do right now. Do not wear shoes into the house. Um, that's a big one. Um, cause who knows what you walked in before you walked into your home. Absolutely. Um, dusting and vacuuming consistently. I know nobody wants to do it, but it's going to, it's going to help clean up, you know, they're like it or not, our, our furniture's off gassing, you know, um, and little teeny plastic particles are everywhere. And so those are all pretty free, easy things to do inside of your home. Um, that don't cost anything um, that can help reduce the amount of um, toxicity that you're dealing with inside of your, I know we're home more than anything right now. Um, so those are, those are just simple ways to kind of reduce your, your endocrine exposure, your endocrine disruption exposure. Wonderful. I'm going to, I'm going to pause and go back a little bit because you said so many <laughs> juicy things in there that I, I want to make sure people are hearing this. So when you're talking about your foundation for resetting your hormones, it sounds so simple, right? We're talking about eating healthy fat. We're talking about getting clean meat sources. We're getting lots of fiber. We're managing our stress, which may be not so easy for some, some folks, myself included. We're drinking lots of water. And before we even get to the environmental aspect, which is so huge, those are things that we can have control over. Now, what you said, though, that I think is really important is we can be eating all of those things, but if our stress is out of whack, it's going to be causing things like leaky gut. It's going to be causing imbalances in your blood sugar. These are two huge issues. If you, if you don't have a stable gut system, then you can't uh, absorb your nutrients. If you can't absorb your nutrients, you're not going to be making great hormones. So I do just want, I just really wanted to underline that because I think sometimes we get frustrated. We hear someone say, well, just eat healthy. <laughs> and they're, they're eating healthy and they're, they're still feeling like garbage or they don't have a period or their period's irregular or whatever it is. And, you know, just know that there can be these underlying factors, which is when you, you do probably want to work with somebody to understand, you know, what is your mineral status? What, where are you nutrient deficient? Because like you said, most women are nutrient deficient. So I just really wanted to, to highlight what you said, because it's so valuable for women to really dig into that. And then yes, oh my goodness. So indoor air pollution is worse than outdoor uh, pollution, correct? Yes, it is. Oh my goodness. Oh my 
Yes. Now, do you, do you recommend anyone um, kind of do an air filter or do you feel like opening the windows is enough? I'm always curious about that one. You know, I always want to start with free options for people who are like, I can't make that investment. Um, but ideally, if you can get an air, air filter, absolutely. If, definitely a water filter as well. Absolutely. If you can do shower filters, yes, please. You know, those are things that I think, you know, over, especially if you're dealing with a chronic condition where, you know, having chloride in your water is not serving you, um, you know, especially when it's heated up and, and aerosolized inside of your shower. Like for me, I do not do well with chlorine in showers. And so at least in my home, we have, we have, um, we <laughs> filters, sorry, my brain just went filters that filter out all of that. Um, particularly chlorine is one of my biggest concerns. And so, yes, ideally it would be amazing for people to have an air filter and a water filter and, and um, to have those types of components in their house. But if they can't, I wanted to just offer ways in which to really significantly decrease exposure and just doing those three things alone that I mentioned earlier, opening up the, the, um, opening up the windows, um, vacuuming and dusting and making sure that you're not wearing shoes into the house. That's perfect. I'm actually, I, I have the windows open. We vacuumed and, and uh, cleaned this weekend and we, um, yeah, we're leaving our shoes outside the house. So that's actually really, that's great. I love that. And I think for an, uh, a water filter that I found that if you did want to go that way, but you didn't have the funds to do like a whole water filtration system, I think clearlyfiltered.com has a pretty reasonable um, priced filter that does a lot of the work. So Hopefully that's also something that people can afford. Do you have any other brands that you, you do like that are, I guess. Yeah, I'd like, you them? know, if you can't afford a full system, you know, we, we are in a house where we rent, so we didn't put a full system into this house. Um, so we, we have Berkey, we have a big Berkey filter that we love um, that has reverse osmosis. I mean, I, I remember on my podcast, I, I, um, I interviewed a woman who, you know, was really looking at the dangers of fluoride and, um, and luckily Berkey, Berkey had made her list you know, because it does have reverse osmosis in terms of getting rid of fluoride. So something that's something to just be thinking about. It's a pretty inexpensive system as well. And then we have we have an air doctor air filter or, or air purifier in our home. Perfect. That's what I use too. We actually got the Berkey travel size because we are oh, actually yeah. on the road. So I, I love that too. And um, what was I going to say? Oh, fluoride is another really big one that we, we especially with Hashimoto's, we really got to look out for the, mm -hmm. the fluoride in our toothpaste and in our water. So I'm really glad you brought that up as well. Wine, water. Um, I don't, I don't drink wine. So I mean, that's out for me, but I'm just, I know people are drinking a lot of alcohol these days, you know? And so I, I remember I, I used to live in the Bay area when I remember when it was like late March or maybe it was, it was already April, but like San Francisco, they had increased their alcohol like consumption by 40%. This is what the bars closed. So I just know that there's a little bit more drinking going along, you know, a lot of rosé being poured right now. So just note that especially in like our California wines, I have, I'm not a big fan of, I, I mean, I love being in California, but I'm not a fan of California wines for all kinds of reasons. They put all kinds of crazy stuff in it. You really do. It's crazy. Uh, we have a lot of fluoride runoff. Um, so something to be thinking about coffee too is something to consider. Just something to be mindful of when it comes to fluoride. I'm a, it's a whole nother little list. I know it's a whole different ball, a whole different it thing is. altogether. We'll have but, to have you on for a second, a second yeah. round. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> even my area of expertise, to be honest, but I do know the things to be looking out for. And the biggest offenders are definitely your water, your toothpaste, um, your, your dentist. No, um, and and <laughs> and your and your wine. <laughs> Your wine. And you know what? Actually, um, I will say that I recently uh, became aware of a, a brand called Stout and Cellar that does clean wine and they all their all their brands do not have um, any of that stuff in it. They don't add any chemicals. So there are options that are becoming are. more and more available, which is great. And um, and we have, you know, you on the show to talk about some yeah. of these options, which is and great. Another company who sources great um, organic biodiversity wine is going to be Dry Farm, wine, dry farm right. Wines. Um, another company to consider. So there's like, there are definitely companies who are becoming more consciously aware. Um, it's, and I always tell women, especially when we hit our 40s and above, if one glass puts you on your butt, like if you wake up the next day and you are guaranteed a hangover, yes, it could be the wine that you're drinking, but most likely it is your detoxification processes um, and your liver is just 
over it. And so um, I find that a lot of women over the age of 40 really have a hard time um, breaking down alcohol. Um, the liver is just not trying, not having it. And so for me, I used to love, love wine. We would go to Italy and we go to France and do these beautiful wine trips. And it, you know, from around 37, 38 was a tipping point for me where I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Um, And it just, you know, you have to just, again, it's always about listening to your body and, and seeing what is going on with you. If you're noticing you're eating that really yummy tree and then, you know, a couple hours later you feel like crap. That's something to evaluate. If you have that glass of wine with dinner and it used to not bother you, but now it does, it's definitely something to look into. You know, we just have to, you know, I think the more in tune and and if there's anyone who's in tune and has an intuition, it's going to be women. We, we really do have that intelligence. And, you know, a lot of people have told us to turn that off. Um, but it's really important that we trust our gut and we listen to our bodies, that inner pilot light, because it tells us, our bodies tell us so much about what works and what doesn't. And yes, sometimes we're not going to like it. Sometimes our body's going to tell us something that we're like, I don't know, don't, that's not, please don't take that off the list. And, and you know what, it just, it is what it is. And you're going to have to listen to that. And so I'm super mindful, you know, um, it's really rare that I'll eat something that will cause some type of gut response or I'm, I'm sluggish or I'm tired or I get a headache or, you know, any of those, any of those um, kind of symptoms on the back end of eating something that isn't serving you. But anytime it does happen, I'm so acutely aware and I'm like, okay, well, that's, that's, we're not doing that again, you know? And so just listening to your body, I think is such an important piece. Absolutely. I I can remember having IBS when I was, you know, 16, which kind of kicked everything off. And I was actually reminded by a friend of mine earlier that food poisoning is what caused so much of my initial issues with IBS. And I didn't know what to eat, you know, and I think a lot of women listening can relate to that. They just, they are in such digestive hell that they, they can't quite find their way back. They feel like there are so many things that they can't eat. And, but the good news is when you, when you do look deeper and you do heal the gut, you do get to the other side and you get to this place where, where we are, which is that you are very aware if something does come in contact with your body, that that does not work for you. And you can choose, you can make an empowered choice to remove that, or you can also make the choice to not. Right. And then that's, that's, it'll kick off whatever process it kicks off, but at least, you know, at least you're empowered to make that choice. And you're right. It's usually once you've cleared the slate that you'll notice. So often if we're already inflamed, it can be very difficult to know and determine. And so, yeah, it's, it is always a good idea to, to always, always the best and number one idea is to heal the gut first, because before that you may not even, you know, I, I run people through a, a really awesome um, program. I run women through this program and, and a lot of it is an elimination program. And cause I know that most women have no idea, you know, it all just feels the same. They, you know, they, they're not able to distinguish if they've got a gluten issue or they've got an a, you know, a, issues with eggs or they've got issues with alcohol or any, you know, because it just all blends together. It's really difficult to distinguish. And once you put those foods to the wayside, and there's a lot more gut rebuilding that needs to happen there, but at the very least, you get a sense of, oh, what, what, is, what is lighting me up? What's causing problems here that is obvious is just a no-go for me at this point. Absolutely. And I think that that actually just brings up a point that I did want to, I did want to ask you, I think there's a lot people here, you know, and even the title of this episode is top three reasons why your hormones need a detox. And we hear this, this catchy word detox, but what we just talked about is kind of clean living, right? So is there ever a time where you feel like someone does need like a quote detox and what would that even look like if you believe that that works? Because I think that that is, it it varies from practitioner to practitioner. So I'm curious what your thoughts are. Definitely. I think absolutely. Yes. I think giving your body a break to reset is always a good idea. I also think that, you know, if it's not gentle enough, you won't do it again. And I just, you know, you ride the line and, you know, depending on if, you you know, if you're dealing with something like Lyme or you're dealing with something like a heavy metal issue, it's a much more extensive concern then I recommend working with a practitioner and going super deep. Um, you know, if, if it's just you've, um, money's a concern or you're looking for something on the more gentle side, that's, that's kind of what I'm recommending right here, kind of on a, on a podcast that you can do on your own, but it's a full 
it's a full, you, you give yourself a week to prep. It's a full elimination. It's elimination of um, red meats because I don't always know what kind of red meat you're eating. So um, it's got to go. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's a, a removal of eggs. It's a removal of all grains, all grains, no, no grains, no grains left behind. They all got to go. <laughs> um, it's a removal of coffee, of alcohol, of all sugar. Um, except for a couple of key, I know that I don't run people through a candida protocol where that would be gone as well, but I do allow some berries. I do allow lemons and limes. Um, because again, I want it to be <laughs> somewhat reasonable, you know, and, um, and then see eggs. I think those are my, my big, oh, and da- clearly dairy. dairy. Dairy's gone too. And gluten, yeah. Obvious, gluten obviously, yeah, yeah gluten is part of the grain for, um, category. And so I take people off of all of these foods for 14 to 21 days. Um, and they get recipes for, you know, um, yummy vegetable soups and green smoothies and, um, you know, yummy, you know, if you're, if you're eating meat, healthy, you know, clean meat dishes, but a lot of it's very, you know, a lot of it's plant-based focused, um, you know, and then on that, you know, 21 day, there's a re-entry process, a seven day re-entry process where we, you start to introduce things like, you know, red meat comes in first and then, um, non-gluten grains can come in and see how your body responds. Eggs can come in, you know, and, and then, you know, I think dairy and gluten are at the very bottom of the list, you know, and usually those are things that oftentimes aren't coming back, you know, and I, I don't like to say that in the beginning, you know, don't, don't tell them, don't tell don't them. Tell them. <laughs> well, Sugar goes. comes back, you know, like just, you know, and, and you, you realize, oh my God, like I didn't even know I had such a sugar addiction. I, everything tastes way too sweet, you know, and, and so you start to see. And so what I've learned when I, when I bring women through this program is most of them, with the exception of bring, probably bringing back red meat, definitely they all want their coffee back. It's uh, not sometimes they don't, um, but those are usually the two things that women bring back. And the rest, some of them bring back eggs. It depends, but most of them will stay off of those foods. And that that level of reset is a reset that a lot of it's. I think I think personally, very a very easy and gentle reset because um, it's pretty much how I live twenty four seven. But it opens our eyes to, oh my gosh, I had no idea that I was inflaming my body so much. I had no idea that I was inflaming my gut and liver so much and um, how much of a profound impact it can have. Like I've, I've, we've looked at labs where, um, you know, fasting glucose drops, um, insulin, um, insulin, fasting insulin drops. We see cholesterol dropping. We see triglycerides, triglycerides. Tri- glycerides dropping. Um, We see inflammatory markers dropping. And so you give yourself only 14 to 21 days and your body is so miraculous. It really wants to get back to a a state of equilibrium. And when we repair and support our gut and our liver and we give our bodies the right nutrition, um, your cells are going to repair, your hormones are going to start to come back online. Things things are just going to work a lot better inside of the body with that reduced inflammation. And so the pro the my particular program, and there's a lot of ones out there, is just really it's about reducing inflammation and helping to support your liver and gut work better for for yourself. And so that's usually what I recommend for people to start. And the great thing about that is anyone can do that in their own home. Anyone can take that list that I just gave you and do it in your own home. And then if, if, you know, and sometimes what we discover is that some people have a lot more stuff going on than just that. You know, this is just like kind of that baseline. And then I'm like, okay, now that we know that the baseline isn't enough, it's time to go and do the bigger work you know, and, um, and some people do phenomenally with the baseline, you know, it, it just really depends on what's going on with your body. That baseline isn't enough for me. You know, and I, you know, and I always tell people full transparency, like this is a baseline that would not have been, not have been enough mm-hmm. to address my concerns. And there's some of you in here that that's going to be the same situation. Yes. And I, I do the same, uh, the similar, similar detox, uh, or whatever you want to call it, clean eating program, um, four times a year as well. That's what I also offer to, to my clients getting started generally, if, if they're like in a place where they can, they can jump in that way. And I love that you just gave that information out to, to the audience so that they can 
kind of go to your website and see where they can maybe grab that from you and, um, and start that or even just listen and start because what this does again is give women power to try this. And like you said, sometimes it's just not enough. I mean, in, I don't know, you know, in my, in my case, the first time when I got Hashimoto's, I had leaky gut. And so I did this plus a very specific supplement protocol with my functional medicine doctor and it did heal me within those, you know, with it, for me, it was three months I, I ate like this and had the supplements. But then later on, like with things like small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or candida, you do need a, a nuanced thing. approach. Is a diff- yeah, it's just different. So also know that like if you've done this type of thing before and it's not working, try to give yourself that, um, that uh, I guess, grace. That Thank you. The word I was looking for, grace, that it's okay. Your body shifts. Um, and as you age, as you have kids, all these things shift your body. And so we can we can start to adjust. And I want to just uh, close our session with talking about your new essential oil book, because I know you're a seven-time author and you have the book that I got introduced to yeah. you through, the essential oil <laughs> hormone solution. And about is- to be eight. Oh my goodness. I just, my, my manuscript just went into, just went into production, which is a whole process, but my editor wow. accepted all the changes. Um, and so we're moving into production means all systems go. So if ever, if ever you guys get a book, a, a book deal with a publishing house, that's when they're like, we've accepted this book and it's moving forward. So yeah, I'm super excited. That's amazing. Can you share with us what it's about or not yet? Yes, um, it is about, um, so it's called the Essential Oil Menopause. It's really the Menopause Solution book. Um, it does have some oils in it, but supplementation has a full-on protocol in that book mm. as well. Um, but it's actually geared towards women in perimenopause and menopause because the distinction, especially as women are getting closer to menopause, it, it's just blurred lines. And so oftentimes when women are you know, 46 or 45 and older, um, and they're heading into menopause, it all just looks, it all just looks and feels the same, you know? And, and, and so I wanted to write a book that really supported women in, in what I consider to be two of the most critical transitions of our life, definitely painted as not the funnest transitions and really offer some really amazing solutions. And uh, so this is by far probably the most important book I've written. Definitely the book I worked the hardest on, um, it was uh, when we returned, I turned it in, it was 167,000 words. Oh my and goodness. My, my contract was for 68,000. So I wrote a hundred thousand words over word count. So it's down to 92 right now. We had to cut a lot of the book, but, um, but wow. we kept the best, you know what I'm saying? So I'm really excited. It has been, oh my gosh, talk about a labor of love. This book, whoo, it's making me work. Wow. So I'm excited. This doesn't come out until April of 21. Okay, okay. It's coming so someday. It- <laughs> yeah, so we'll 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 really look forward to that, and I'd love to have you back on to talk about yeah. perimenopause. And menopause is something we haven't talked about on She Talks Health yet. And oh my gosh, amazing! So eight time book, <laughs> to be, yeah. book writer, author, yes. but the, the book that I know you are also currently most passionate about besides this book that we can't read yet is that essential oil hormone solution, which is something you don't hear a lot about is doctors talking about how we can infuse essential oils and hormones. What can you tell us about this book? Where do people buy it and why would someone want to buy it? Yes. So it is a lot of what we talked about today. So much more than that, you know, really the why behind our hormones, um, addressing some of the biggest symptoms that we're dealing with. Sometimes we just need symptom management. Um, and then a full, and then there's a full 14 day protocol at at the end of it, talking a lot about, it's very similar to the protocol I just mentioned to you earlier. Um, only thing that I allowed in that book that I don't normally allow is there are eggs, but you can omit those. Um, cause again, I, in a book, I always want people to want to do it. And, um, and so that's really what the nuts and bolts of that book is it, it you can be you can purchase it everywhere anywhere it's in a it's in a couple different I think three or four different languages as well at the moment um, but Amazon Barnes and Noble you know anywhere books are sold it is available so oh my goodness thank you for sharing I absolutely love this book you guys have to go out and buy it it's called the essential oil hormone solution and I think you also have a gift for the audience, uh, some sort of detox cheat sheet or something. Where can people I find do. that? I do. So I've got some, you know, I do love oils as well. I have recipes, so uh, green smoothie recipes, juice recipes, and essential oil recipes for supporting your liver and your gut. It's all built into the same thing. It's just like a little kickstart. You know, again, it's just adding those little things in that can make such a big difference. Um, and it's it, the design is that you have things that are very simple, pretty much done for you, just kind of, kind of, you know, 
put them together in your kitchen and you can you'll really start to feel so much better just bringing these things into your into your life and into your into your diet Fantastic. And do people find that on the website or should we link it into the show notes? Yeah, I think it's, um, oh my gosh, it's drmarisa.com. Definitely link it in the show notes. Um, I want to say it's called slash detox blends. Okay. I don't, I don't know. My team comes up with the URLs. We'll Um, find it and we'll drop it into the, into the, um, yeah, into the uh, show notes. So thank you so much. Is there anything else that we didn't cover that you just are bursting at the seams to tell women? Um, the biggest thing is that we really, I mean, whether, no matter what your journey is, no matter what's going on with you, we, we always have that ability to listen to our bodies, to connect into that inner intuition and to, and to put ourselves first. And I think when we're able to do that, we can really turn the ship around and, and start to feel better. And, and when we feel better, which we all deserve, you deserve, you are worthy of health. You deserve that health that, um, that you start to make the changes in the world that you want to see. Oh, hallelujah. I love that sentiment. And where can people find you, Dr. Marisa? Um, well, my podcast is essentially you, um, and it's all about women's hormone health. Um, and that is my favorite place to ha- hang out with people. Essentially, you podcast. It happens Tuesdays and Fridays. Um, and then on Instagram, I'm at Dr. Marisa. And then uh, you mentioned the book as well. Those are three places to come and find me. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being Thank on the you. show. All right, my dear. I'll see you soon. Yeah, see you soon. And for anyone listening, this is Sophie Shepard. She talks health. And we just had Dr. Marisa Snyder on to talk all about how you can quote, detox your hormones, reboot everything. And I am so grateful to have her today. If you need to find me, I'm at She Talks Health on Instagram and Facebook, talking about women's menstrual health and gut health. Talk to you next week. Sophie Shepard is a functional nutrition practitioner and founder of She. Sophie helps busy women all over the world go from menstrual cycle chaos to optimal hormonal alignment so they can live their lives fully without being held back by their bodies. Using the power of functional lab testing combined with life-changing mindset shifts and integrating the entire body's system. If the only thing holding you back is your health, it's time to stop letting hormonal chaos run your world. Book your health discovery call today by going to SheTalksHealth.com. Are you done medicating and guessing your way through the exhaustion, pain and irritability caused by menstrual cycle and digestive health issues? Sophie Shepard, founder of She, will help you go from symptom-ridden and confused to finally having clarity about how your menstrual cycle works and confidence in your health strategy in just 10 days. If you are ready to stop living with painful, heavy, irregular, or non-existent periods, no energy, brain fog, anxiety, and digestive issues, then check out the 10-Day Digestive and Hormone Reboot at SheTalksHealth.com. Thank you for joining us this week for She Talks Health. Please join Sophie Shepard again next week for another episode of our show on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week.